Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... One of my concerns right now is the way that we grow food, consume food, is really having an impact on the environment. And if we can grow more kelp, it doesn't utilise any land, any fresh water, any fertiliser. It's a really regenerative, restorative form of aquaculture. So it's a really nice, important way of improving our food security. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 452 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to positive, regenerative, heart and soul-led initiatives locally and globally. Today, we are speaking with Joe Lane. Joe is on a mission to introduce kelp farming aquaculture to Australia. With a marine science degree and postgraduate qualifications in environmental studies, Joe is passionate about introducing regenerative ocean farming to improve the health of our marine environment and produce sustainable food products. Joe has worked in a variety of roles, including seal trainer, diver, working with volunteers on coastal weed programs. Throughout her career, she's also worked in federal, state and local government in marine protection roles. And in 2019, Joe received a Churchill Fellowship and travelled to Korea, Ireland, Scotland, Faroe Islands, Norway, USA and Canada to investigate appropriate technologies to introduce kelp farming aquaculture to Australia. Since returning, she and her team have built a laboratory and are working to understand the breeding requirements of our native species of kelp. On today's podcast, we will discuss how Joe is pioneering kelp farming aquaculture in Australia, as well as the benefits of kelp, not only for the planet and for its people, as well as why vibrant future of regenerative aquaculture and conversations around this are so important. Joe, fantastic to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining. Hey, Sarah, great to be here. Thank you. To start off, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you to the whole world of kelp and aquaculture? <laughs> sure. When I was at uni, I was studying science and zoology. I was really interested in conservation and environmental issues. And everyone kept telling me, oh, you'll never get a job. So I started looking around at different zoos and aquariums and I was lucky to get a job at an aquarium, which really changed the course of my study and, and really my life. So I fell in love with the marine environment, changed my course to marine biology and continued really on my mission to be involved in marine conservation as much as I could. So my career has been varied. I've worked for federal, state, 
local government departments. But after moving to the South Coast, I was just having a coffee one day and the front page of the paper said that a property had sold for $6 million, which was big news for our town. And it was the owners of a seaweed business. And I was aware of them because it's a small town. And I thought, I wonder what they're doing with that business. So I contacted them. And in 2015, I bought a seaweed business, which was a little bit of a change. (laughs) And that got me even deeper into the world of seaweed kelp and all the opportunities that it presents. Amazing. Joe, can you tell us a little bit more about your enterprise and the impact that it's generating both for the consumers and also for the local environment? Yeah, sure. So the business that I bought is called Sea Health Products. And actually, when I was working for fisheries, I processed a permit of this company and we wild harvest or hand harvest the kelp as it rolls in on the tide. We wash it, we dry it and we create a range of seasonings soaps and skincare products so it's a really nice office a nice nice job but when I started googling and getting more and more excited about kelp and realizing all the things that you can do with it I thought I can't physically collect enough to do all these amazing things that I want to do I looked at what was happening overseas everyone's farming it in Asia and Europe and I thought why don't we just do that so that sort of led me down the path of farming kelp so that we can do all these amazing things with it. So the most exciting thing is we built a lab in our backyard. My husband's a air conditioning refrigeration mechanic. So we have a like a cool room laboratory so that we could grow the kelp. And that's been really rewarding, I suppose, as a seaweed nerd, as a scientist, just understanding how that works and watching the babies grow. But just the scale of what we can potentially achieve now, when you take a plant, when the plant has the reproductive tissue ready, you can leave the plant and just take a small piece of it and get it in the lab to release all these zoospores. So in the ocean, kelps are stuck on a rock. So they have to release lots of spores in the hope that some of them will meet. But in the lab, we can catch all of them and then make hundreds of thousands of babies. And, and I'm I'm finding that really exciting and rewarding. And the other thing we can do, we can get them to this stage where they fertilise and if you put them under red light, they won't progress any further. So we can create like a seed bank. So I've got babies from Sydney, babies from a, a range of locations and we don't have to go back to the wild to collect that stock. So we can create this seed bank for projects in the future, maybe future proofing, maybe looking at different genetics. It's such a new area and there's so, so much research projects and questions that we need answered. But it's just, I find that really exciting as a scientist and being in conservation, I actually feel like now I can play a role Mm. in something that will have an impact because we can grow so many babies and we can plant them out and help with addressing climate change and just doing something positive and something hopeful. Absolutely, yeah. How many varieties of kelp do you work with? I'm very biased. I only really work with one. It's called golden kelp or Econia radiata. So that's what we've been focusing all of our energy into for the last five years. But it's really beautiful species and it's really important habitat-forming species of the Great Southern Reef. So everyone's heard of the Great Barrier Reef, but in Australia we have an expansive Great Southern Reef that provides 
habitat for so many species, our cuttlefish, our seahorses, our abalone, rock lobsters, and this amazing variety of, of fish. Eclonia is the basis um, ecosystem for that Great Southern Reef. But, I mean, there are many species globally. There's 12,000 species of seaweed. We pretty much divide that into red, brown, and green. And of the browns, there's about 2,000. And I work with one of them. (laughs) And is there a reason that you've just selected that particular type over pursuing other varieties in parallel? I suppose when I bought the business, it was based on the golden kelp or Eclonia. And I know that it's a popular food product. So it's easy to work with. And so that sort of targeted our research into that. But it also does have a lot of good properties. It's good for gut health. It's got all these extracts or bioavailable compounds in it that can be used in cosmetics and in fertiliser and in agricultural feed. And there is some people in Melbourne doing some awesome research on concrete and building materials as well. That's great. That's exciting. And like I said, there's a girl in our area doing stuff on bioplastics, so she's able to make plastic utilising Eclonia as well. So I suppose we just got fixated with that we, and it took so long to work out how to grow it. Now that we understand it, we might be able to move on to another species. <laughs> mm, great. I suppose that may have played a role in your explorations through the Churchill Scholarship where you travelled across the world to learn from all these kelp experts. What were some of your key takeaways and what would you like people to know about kelp and why it's so important? Okay. And there's so many things that you can do with kelp. So it's really good for you. It's high in iodine, lots of macro and micronutrients. I, I say it's like taking a natural multivitamin. So it's really good for human health. But the other thing that got me excited is as it's growing, it's like the forests on the land. It provides an ecosystem, provides habitat, improves biodiversity for all the marine organisms. It absorbs carbon and absorbs nutrients. And in a farming context, we can utilise kelp for a whole range of things. So fertiliser, animal feed, it's really incredibly versatile. Things to remember about it, because there's so many things that it can do, is that it is a really nice alternative for a food production system. That's one of my concerns right now, is the way that we grow food, consume food, is really having an impact on the environment. And if we can grow more kelp, It doesn't utilise any land, any fresh water, any fertiliser. It's a really regenerative, restorative form of aquaculture. So it's a really nice, important way of improving our food security. When you were travelling to all these different countries, were there any practices or I suppose like aha moments of what you witnessed of either things that were really working or things that really didn't work so then you could integrate, utilise and bring that back with you? Yeah, we were really fortunate on the trip that we got to visit a whole range of enterprises. So there were people that were just focusing on the breeding, people that were focusing on the farming, people that were focusing on the product development. And we're actually trying to do all three of those things. So once I came back, we realised that there's two major things that we needed. We needed to grow the seed stock. And that was a real barrier in Australia because we didn't have an industry, but we didn't understand the breeding requirements of our unique species. So that's what I've been putting a lot of my energy into the last five years is the understanding how to grow Australian 
kelp or our southern hemisphere kelp so that was my aha moment that I suppose we use some of the practices and procedures that are successful overseas and we're able to understand how to grow this species so now that we can grow it which sounds easy but like it's taken a long time a lot of trial and error in the lab but it's very rewarding because they're so tiny we can grow literally hundreds of thousands of baby kelp from one adult plant or just from a handful of adult plants. So it really is regenerative. We can utilise those babies in a farming context and now in a restoration context because as temperatures are rising, we're getting marine heat waves, our kelp forests are declining and we can play a role in helping to restore those habitats. Amazing. Joe. what are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel are creating really positive social change? There's the big ones and then there's some local ones close to home. In the kelp world, I'm really inspired by some of the projects that are happening in Africa and Tanzania around seaweed farming and empowering women and helping them to create businesses around utilising seaweed in soaps and cosmetics. So that's a really beautiful program in Tanzania. And then one of my local partnerships I supply seaweed to her and she makes beautiful hand creams so she's sarin and organics and I'll give her a plug she's living and walking the talk like she's got a permaculture garden and she's just introduced a reuse packaging program so she makes her skincare then you send back the packaging to her and she cleans it and recycles it so she's all off-grid solar and so I find that really inspiring when people are doing things for the environment and taking it to the whole extreme and the whole length of the the supply chain as well. So there's a really, I find it hopeful, there's a lot of great things happening and people are responding to that as well. Consumers are responding to that, wanting to make those environmental choices for the planet. Absolutely. Joe, wondering what kind of books or resources that you'd recommend to our listeners? Sure. I, I'm a very consumed by seaweed, so I'll give you a couple of seaweed books. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> There's one called Eat Like a Fish by Bren Smith, and I find that's his journey, his story of becoming a kelp farmer. But Eat Like a Fish is how if we eat like a fish and eat more algae, you know, we'll be as healthy as a fish. So people are eating omega-3 and fish oil thinking that's coming from fish, but the fish get the omega-3s from the, the marine algae that they eat. I like that one. Another one called Blue Zones, which highlights areas where people are living the longest and that's about their diet and not just their diet but you know a whole range of factors about community and values and purpose so that's called the blue zones which I like as well. Green Wave is a great website for people who want to know more about seaweed farming and that's based in the US and my website is seahealthproducts.com.au. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Joe. the whole world of kelp is, I, I think, for many people, an emerging space, which is very exciting. It's really wonderful to learn more about it from you and the various applications and the regenerative power. So thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you so much, too. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. 
please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.